If only I could die. Okay. Hi. Welcome back after a long... A long... Right, we're gonna call it a hiatus. It was a hiatus. Yeah, um, an unexpected one that we took because we could. Um, we, we were moving and settling in and Yeah, and we're, working. It's, it's hard not being poor or trying not to be poor yes. and homeless. Like, trying not to be those things is really difficult. We've only managed to not be homeless. I'm poor. Still. I'm still poor. So, it's hard being poor. Um, so we've not been having time to do this. But and we found time today. But we did find time. Um, and that's all we're going to say. Yes. Because that's all we need to say. That is. And, um, Zach, if you ever listen to this on your trip to Mexico like you said you want, I'm going to hold you to it, and you're going to have to tell me the key word is mm. pineapple. There you go. So you better fucking text me pineapple. Right now. Just show me that you listened to it. Because you promised you would. Anyway. In the meantime, <laughs> um, <clears throat> everyone else that isn't Zach, welcome. You don't have to text anything to anyone. No. Please don't. Please don't. None of us want that. Um, just Zach. Mm-hmm. And sorry, Andrew. I'm sure he's oh, upset. Oh, right. That we haven't recorded in a while. <laughs> yeah. Whoops. You're fine. I haven't gotten anything about him like complaining that we haven't done it. So would Andrew complain though? No, no, he wouldn't. <laughs> he wouldn't. So it's fine. It works. We'll be fine. You're welcome back, everyone. To haunting crimes. Yeah, and surprisingly, we haven't lost any followers from our Instagram, even though we've been inactive, which is weird. Great, that's perfect. And maybe we might have actually gained one because we were holding steady at fifty. <laughs> I don't know. I don't fucking know. Maybe they found. One of our old uh -oh. posts and they followed. Yeah, that's true. And that's... <coughs> Sorry. Everything's still out there. Yeah. Um, we did get... I, I got, like, a little notification from Anchor uh -huh. yesterday telling me that, like, hey, you've had, like, so, like, 150 um, listens this past month. Mm. Which is amazing, considering mm -hmm. we haven't put anything out in the past month. It's true. Um, and they're like, you should probably put something new out there. It's like... <laughs> Sure will. We'll get we right will. on that. We'll get on it. And we're on it now. Uh-huh. So here we are. If you hear any pitter-patter, it's because we have dogs. Yep. Dogs two pups. Them. Well, they're not puppies, but... Well, two Disney. little dogs. One is useful. The other one is a little old lady who just wants to be loved. And she is loved. And she is. The other one's a scamp. He's just... <laughs> Imagine the tramp from Lady and the Tramp, and then it's the little baby, the son. Oh. It's him. Yeah. It is. You can follow him on Instagram, at Chorky Dash. Ch Chorky Dash. He's a jumper. He likes to jump. And play. And play. And also, doesn't like sharing. No, he does not like sharing. He learned that from the other dogs in the family. I learned that by myself, so... He can unlearn it. It's fine. He can. He's learning. Mm-hmm. It takes time. Okay, so now that we're done just ranting and blah, 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 <laughs> we're going to do today's episode is going to be about, um, what's yours? <laughs> Mine is on Penhurst. Penhurst. The, the, a scene song? Yes. Okay. But I don't think it's called, like, insane song. 
Yes, I would assume not. State school. The state That's what school. it's called. And it's in Pennsylvania, right? Yep. Pennhurst in Pennsylvania. State school and hospital. Um, and I'll be doing Earl Nelson, who is horrifying. I guess, like, the description, the like, ugh, I hate it. <laughs> I hate it. It's the worst. Okay. I don't remember him. I'm going to show you, a, I'm going to show, okay, you start, I'm going to show you a picture. I start? Yes. Well, you're ghost. Right, ghost. Um. I forgot I was. <laughs> yeah. That's how it goes. I forgot how we did this. It's been a while. Oh, now they're going to play together. Okay. They're going to play together. You'll hear wholesome sounds of puppies playing. Yes. All right. So, Penhurst State School. Um, I got information from weirdnewjersey.com and Wikipedia, of course. Because, yeah. They All did, right. a, like, a visit to it. One quick pause. These are his hands. Oh, that is already terrifying. I hate it. Yeah. So, the Penhurst State School and Hospital was originally known as the Eastern Pennsylvania State Institution for the Feeble-Minded and Epileptic. So, it was an institution for the mentally and physically disabled. Um, it was built on Crab Hill in Spring City, Pennsylvania. Um, first buildings were built in 1903 to 1908. By 1971, there were... 32 buildings. 1968, there was a five-part television news report that exposed all the condition. Wait, was that the one where it was like the big expose where it was the the news reporter snuck into mm -hmm. the... Uh, have you seen the footage? I forgot. It's rough. Yeah, it's I've, I think I've seen it before. Um, and then 1983, nine employees were indicted on charges from slapping and beating patients and then the Halderman case resulted in the court. So that's just the main outline. The Halderman case? Yeah. What was that? I'm gonna get that was just like a here's like a little timeline. A, a timeline of what happened. So by like 1983 it was closed. So how long did it last? From 19... 1903. That was when they were building it. Yeah. That's not very long at all. No, it's not. And to have, like, gone downhill so quickly. Oh, it was already messed up before. I mean, all of them were. Oh. Yeah, but like, they were. Most of them lasted a while. I think there's one that lasted until, like, the 2000s. That's a long time. Uh-huh. Um... It operates its own power plant, policied its own ground, and produced its own food. Who did this? Was it the the inmates, the patients? So, yes and no. So a lot of it was also the employee. Uh, that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was not good. Um, and any additional needs were supplied by a railway line. So nobody, they didn't need to communicate with the outside world. That was the whole plan of this. Which is probably why it got so bad. Yeah. So easily. Oh yeah. And because it was so overcrowded. It said it was intended for 200 people. By the mid-1960s it housed um, 2,791 people. 
So with the extra buildings than originally, there were 900 more than the administration thought the buildings could accommodate. So about around 1,800 is what they said by the 1960s with all the extra buildings that they had built at that time. Oh. Because there's 30 new buildings. Yeah. They increasingly get more and more. More buildings or add on to the buildings? Both. So they add on, but they also build more. Like in gen- in the first, they built... Like one big block. One big building and, you know, a couple other mm-hmm. ones. Um, and they were connected by an underground tunnel. I hate that. Yeah. It but was I guess it, it's not inherently evil to have underground tunnels, and yet I think it is. It's like it would help them in the cold winter, so they didn't have to go outside. That's what they would do. Yeah. And, like, if a body needed to be transported to one building to another, they would do it down there so the other patients didn't see. Those tunnels are haunted. Oh, the whole building is haunted. That's why I'm doing that. <laughs> um, yeah. And in the mid-1960s, there were nine medical doctors and 11 teachers, none with special education training, who were helping those 2,791 patients. What? Yeah. So, about that television series. Mm -hmm. Um, It was shown on Philadelphia TV 10 with reporter Bill Baldini. Mm -hmm. So, Bill is a fantastic man for doing this. He... He has a, a beautiful handlebar mustache and classic 80s locks. Well, of course. 70s locks. Yes. And he's a magnificent man for doing this. Um, yeah, he went in there and it was like, mm-hmm. he handled it pretty well. Like, and like, I would have been horrified and disgusted oh, by what I for saw. Sure. Yeah. But he was like, he was a trooper. Yeah. And what it did show was full grown hands and feet bound by straps to suit sized crib beds. So, like, the, the crib's the size of, the, of a suitcase? Is that what that means? Bound by straps to... Yeah. So, like, they tied they up these kids, yeah. and then they grew up. Yeah. Um, they were shown rocking, pacing, and twitching. Many were disabled mentally and physically, but others were coherent, and you could tell. Um... The five-minute news segments were entitled Suffer the Little Children. Um, And it was five minutes, not five. It's a five-minute news story that's five parts long. Oh, So it ends up being like a 25-minute long thing. But they did it within a couple days. Um, One patient once asked what he would like most in the world, and his reply was to get out of Penhurst. So he... Knew that there is something better out there that he shouldn't have been treated that way. Exactly. It's sad. It's very sad. Um, in one of the physicians describing how he dealt with a vicious bully who had brutalized other inmates said he asked one of the, his colleagues which injection he could use to cause the most discomfort to a patient without permanently injuring him. Then he administrated that injection to the bully. So... He, he, instead of trying to, like, okay, but also, okay, so he, he, instead of trying to help this person who's, like, mentally ill, Mm -hmm. he just 
punished him physically, but also when back, like that brutalized is like a polite way of saying like raped. I mean, yeah. So she probably shouldn't have been there in the first place. No, probably not. And I think a lot of them weren't supposed to be there. They shouldn't have been there. Not at all. So I'm not saying I condone that at all. However, if that was indeed what that bully was doing. Mm -hmm. I know. Yeah. I would have kind of wanted to do the same thing. I could see, but... But also, the the doctor shouldn't have done that. No. Yeah, it's purely an ethical... Wrong. Exactly. Alright, so the Alderman case. It was a class action lawsuit filed against the U.S. District Court for the Eastern District, Pennsylvania, on behalf of former and current residents of Pennhurst Institution. So it was against the institution. Superintendents and state officials responsible for the operation. Um, and they filed that on May 30th, 1974. Um, but after a 32-day trial, um, the judge found that Penhurst was overcrowded, understaffed, and lacked the programs. And? So he ruled in the plaintiff's position. Um, so he found the residents of Penhurst had three distinct sets of constitutional rights. Right to habilitation, right to be free from harm, and right to non-discriminatory habilitation. But there were various appeals from Pennhurst. Uh-huh. Um, it was crazy. So it was said to require, it would be, it kept going for 10 years. So until oh. like 1985. Um, requiring 2,192 docket entries, 500 court orders, 28 published opinions, and three arguments before the Supreme Court. So it went back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. How was Um, it settled? It, nobody, um, overturned his. Oh, okay, so it stayed. Yeah. Okay. So it did stay, but, I mean, they had to... They had to keep doing it. They had to, yeah. Mm. When did... It closed down in 83, right? So it finally closed down in 87. Oh, okay. So 83 was kind of like... They finally... They revealed what was happening. They revealed what was happening, and they finally went to, like, the Supreme Court and everything, and they were like, we're not doing this anymore. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I bet even if even though they did win, I don't think they got much money. Mm-hmm. No, they didn't. They received. Can't find it. They didn't receive a lot at all. Yeah. Because it was one people that didn't really want to, you know, mm. kind of come out. And say it because you know they were part of in there. Yeah. So they didn't want to be 
publicized yeah. that they had gone to Pinehurst for maybe some issues. Yeah. And things like that. That makes sense. Yeah. But it was cr- Oh my god. Dash. Sorry to not hear. But I can't find it anymore. No, that's fine. But, yeah, 1987, they finally closed down the doors. Good. Yes. And now it's um, a haunted house. Really? Yep. So, at first, they transport Not transported. Transformed? Transformed it into, like, a veteran's hospital and veteran's, like, kind of care part of it. Yeah. Um, so part of it was owned by the U.S. government, and they did it to help with veterans, like, coming back and, um, and, which was good. Um, but the rest of it kind of fell into decay, and now they're trying to restore it back to history. And now there are people who claim of ghosts and things like that. Mm-hmm. There's, like, a really sad documentary that I watched about it that... Talked to the families mm-hmm. that of the people and oh, yeah. some of the people that were there. Yeah, no, it's horrible. Yeah, most a lot of them were from New York. Mm-hmm. Um, they'd send their family there. Yeah, I mean they had no idea because it was separated. They wouldn't let people write letters in and out mm-hmm. or anything like well, that. Well, they would go visit. Yeah, but they yeah. also would be like, don't say anything. Right? Yeah, you can't get them out. There is one where. Um, the family was like, we should have known something was wrong because we'd go up there sometimes and they say that she didn't want to see us. Yeah. Yeah, and they reality, tried to yeah, hide it as much it as they could. she had, like, visible bruises. Yeah. It was crazy. Um, but now, what is there uh-huh. are ghosts. And, you know. Vengeful spirits. Vengeful spirits and just the sounds of the past, pretty much. Uh-huh. You know? I mean... Among some of the recordings are sounds of disembodied voices saying things like, Go away, I'll kill you, we're upset, why did you come here, I'm scared, why won't you leave? Um, and this, is, this goes by building, some of this stuff. So, in the Quaker building, so I'm not entirely sure which each building was, okay. but in the Quaker building, a door and rocking chair have been moved, Shadows and objects being thrown, and investigators being, like, thrown up against a wall. Oh. So that's not the best building. No, it's pretty active and um, aggressive. Oh, it's very aggressive. Um, the Limerick building, an apparition of a woman in an old-style nurse's uniform, was observed by a firefighter, police officer, and a marine. So. Like, all at once? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so they saw... They were with him, with, they were together, and they saw an apparition of a uh-huh. nurse. Um, the Devon building were unknown sounds. The Mayflower building, shadow people and investigators being touched. The Tinicum building, investigator had their legs touched. So I could just imagine, like, it's like some kid or something chained up, like, mm-hmm. trying to trying get to out. Get help. Yeah. Uh, the Philadelphia building, loud sounds and voices. The administration building, multiple voices heard at various times. And EVP, what appears to be a toilet flushing. Ooh. But there is no running water or bathroom fixtures. Oh. 
which is weird. Uh, the Hershey Building investigator heard a female voice, uh, heard a female child's voice on the third floor. Oh. And that's just some of the buildings. Um, yeah. It's terrible. So what are they going to do once they restore it? Are they so gonna... right now it's like a haunted attraction where you can go and visit. Mm -hmm. Like, I'll show you the website. It's like a haunted house thing. So what's the goal? What's going to be different if they restore it? Is it just going to be like... They just... So part of it, it's like a haunted attraction. Um, like full-on haunted house. Um, but they're also restoring it to try to bring history back and do actual tours instead of like yeah. turning to haunted I guess house <laughs> yeah I guess that makes sense of wanting to like preserve this blemish in history yeah I mean even though it's terrible it's still we should still remember it so we don't make the same mistake again mm-hmm true although I wonder how the families feel about that yeah I'm not sure because I don't know how I feel about that well, actually, I know how I feel about I feel about that. I get pretty mad, mostly because I don't even think the, I don't even think that my childhood home to be a standing still. I want it to be destroyed. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, I'd want it to be destroyed, but I'd not. Mm. I'd kind of want it because it's such a big thing mm -hmm. that it would. It's a very difficult. Yeah, it's like a a touchy subject. And I'm glad I don't have to make any of that decisions or deal with it. I know, me neither. Ugh. But that's the Pennhurst State Hospital. Thank you, thank you. Good I'm job. ready for Oh, Shh. Dash. Stop barking. Thank you. <laughs> Like, but they're being loud out there. I can hear people out there, and I don't like it. I mean, none of us do dash, <laughs> but here, we're not barking, okay? We're, we're not, not poofing. barking, we're right not poofing now. either, okay? Oof, oof. You got. <laughs> Shh. I'm gonna close okay. the window. Because you're gonna get Lily going, too. Lily yeah. doesn't bark. <laughs> we have. A good dog yeah. and then a bad dog. There's nothing out there. The outside doesn't exist anymore. I closed the window. Gone. Dash, it's gone. Okay. Let's listen to murder, Dash. Come. Murder time, Dash. Murder time. Okay. <laughs> He's running away from Lily. Great. Okay. So, we're going to talk about Earl Nelson, a.k.a. the Gorilla Man. And... No, it's not nice or about gorillas at all. In fact, it's terrifying and I hate it. So it's not about gorillas. Uh huh. Dang, I'm a little upset. I was waiting for the gorillas. Well, they call him Gorilla Man because he sort of looked like one. Like with his hands and everything. I could see that. There's a specific description that gave him that name, and it's. I'll get to it. Oh, there's even more. Mm -hmm. Okay. So Earl Nelson. A.K.A. the Gorilla Man. Yeah. Um, uh, he was born on May 12th, 1897. And he was actually, he's been dubbed the first known American serial sex murderer of the 20th century. 
Oh. Mm-hmm. So not first, like, serial killer, but sex. Sex murder. Yeah. We're not proud of you for barking. Stop it. I've never heard another dog in there. Bark. Great. Oh, he's hiding behind oh. me. <laughs> okay. Okay. So. So, yeah, he's, like, he's the first one that they knew for a fact based his attacks and his victims on um. their sex crimes. Oh, okay. So, he was born and raised in San Francisco, where a bunch of his victims were. By the way, he has about over 22. Oh my goodness, mm-hmm. that's a lot of victims. Yeah, so he, and he was only active for like a year. What? Yeah. That's crazy. So, his his um, birth name is actually not Nelson. It was, I think his last name was, was Farrell. Which is funny. That makes sense. Uh-huh, because it's ironic. Um, but he had it changed to go with his mom's maiden name because he was orphaned as a child uh, and mm. had to live with his, his mom, or his grandma, his mom's mom. So the reason he was orphaned is because his English mom, Francis, and his Spanish dad, James, both died of syphilis before he was two. Oh, wow. Which means they probably had it when he was born. Probably, yeah. Which means he probably had congenital syphilis. Yeah. Which God knows what could have happened to his brain and everything else. I'm sure it fucked him up. Probably the reason he has weird long arms. That, too. So. I was saying mentally, but. Yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know. I I first thought he's like mentally maybe why he's the way he is because he wasn't just he didn't just um grow into it. He was born into it. Oh yeah. So he was into live with his grandma who is like devoutly Christian, and um, he had to live with her two youngest youngest children who were like ten and eight years older than him. Mm-hmm. And he was described as both manic and a psychotic prodigy, which means he was spectacularly unstable at a very young age. So he, as a child, he expressed self-loathing, morbid behavior. Uh, He was expelled from primary school at the age of seven. They just were like, you can't be here anymore. He would talk to invisible people compulsively quote the Bible, what? watch female family members undress like a fucking creep. Um, and he would go, his grandma was like, he'd go to school and clean clothes and then somehow come back in like rags. What? Something. Okay. And then what? <laughs> at the age of 10, I believe, he was riding his bike. Mm-hmm. And if you guessed head trauma, you're correct. He, well, he I... crashed into a car. Or like oh a, my god! And he uh, survived. Yeah, he crashed into a streetcar, and oh. was unconscious for six days. Jeez. He then became even more erratic. He yeah. got headaches, and he had memory loss. I'm sure. I'm just surprised he didn't die. Uh huh. I'm assuming he like was riding his bike downhill and then yeah. hit it perpendicular. I would think so. 
Which, like, wouldn't be as terrifying, but if it was, like, head-on, then maybe. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm still surprised that he's alive, even six days unconscious, too. Yeah. Okay, Wait, sir? You, sir, what do you think you're gone? Sir, we need to calm down. You're gonna need to... Uh, sir, calm down. Calm sir? Calm down, sir. Huh? <laughs> he's looking at someone. You calm? <laughs> no. No barks. I know, there's a dog back there barking. There's a dog somewhere. There's always a dog somewhere. Okay, so. Um, as a teenager, <laughs> he started going to brothels. So he was oh. still quoting the Bible a lot and, like, with oh, being of obsessed. Course. You know, like, all sex criminals. All they do is That's quote all the they Bible. Do. It's like, they quote the Bible and then they go hook up with prostitutes. Mm-hmm. So he actually ended up getting an STD. And while he was there, which means, in my mind, it means that he got treatment for it, you know? Which means it might have cured his congenital syphilis. Who knows? That's a possibility. It could be the reason why he didn't die. Um, That could be. So, he also grew up to be, quote, fit and stocky. Um, He would walk on his hands and lift heavy objects with his teeth for entertainment. I mean, I guess I've seen... I've seen people do yeah. that, but, like, that combination with his whole crazy, uh... <laughs> yeah, that part, that's the part that I don't see. Yeah. Anymore. So let's get into general crimes. So he started pretty early. So he turns 18. It's 1915. He, um, spends two years in San Quentin Ooh. Penitentiary. Yep. For a classic B and E of a cabin. Classic B and E. Breaking and entering. Oh yeah. Um, he didn't <laughs> think anyone was in there, and then they there were, and so he was arrested. Dumbass. He was paroled in 1916, so he was even though he was supposed to spend two years, he was only there for like one. Yeah. A few months later, he in 1917, uh, he spent six months for petty larceny in Stockton. Mm-hmm. And then he was paroled early, five months for burglary in L.A., and then he escaped and joined the military. Oh, of course. That's what you always want to do when you escape. Uh Uh-huh. He then deserted after six weeks. That makes sense. And he did this multiple times with Mm. different branches of the government, (laughs) with different aliases. Oh, my. Why would you want to keep doing that? I know. He, like, kept deserting or, like, acting fucking weird. Well, it finally caught up to him in 1918. Finally. Because um, he spent some time in Napa. Napa time. Napa Napa, uh, uh, Asylum. Mm -hmm. Um, After he was in the Navy for a little bit, and the Navy officers were like, dude, why the fuck are you acting this way? (laughs) And they sent him to a Navy doctor who said he's living... Quote, living in a constitutional psychotic state, end quote. And so (laughs) they sent him to Napa because they're like, we don't... We don't know what to do with him. We don't know what to do with him. We don't want to deal with him. Go away. Fair enough. Yeah, fair. Um, The doctors there were like, he's not violent, not homicidal, or destructive. So get rid of him. Yep. So even though he expressed hallucinations and paranoid delusions... He admitted to seeing faces, hearing voices, and thinking people were trying to kill him. 
they um, marked him as improved after he escaped three times. So three times they caught him, and then on the fourth time they're like, fuck it. Just let him escape. Yeah, they're like, 1919, he's discharged from the Navy, and it says that he was improved. So not cured, but better. Sure. Which, bullshit. Yeah. And so, at the age of 22, he gets a job as a janitor under a fake name and starts dating a 60-year-old woman named Mary Martin. 22 to 60. And they get married after six they months. Get married? They get fucking married. Oh my goodness. But the marriage is living in hell. It's like she's oh. living in hell. Yeah, I feel bad. How old? 60? She's 60. She's like old enough to be his grandma. Yeah. Um, well, they get divorced after like six months. Oh, of course. Because he's insane. He's yes. like, he's jealous. He like asks weird stuff for sex and then. Um, he, like, yelled at her for, like, religious reasons, quote-unquote. <laughs> and then, and he also gets violent with her. So that he, she leaves him. She, like, tells him, get out. Mm-hmm. Finally. Good. And so, and on May 19th, 1921, he impersonates a plumber. This is where it starts to get, mm. Dudley? Not quite. He impersonates oh. a plumber on that day, and he tries to molest a 12-year-old girl. But she starts screaming, and her older brother comes down and chases him out. And he escapes, but he's caught a few hours later. And now it's time to go back to Napa. So, <laughs> Great. Uh-huh. Uh, after failing in a competency trial. So they're like, this man is insane. I'm going to send him away. Yeah, you should have done that. So he's, for attempted molesting of a girl, he's sentenced to, or like he spends like roughly four years in prison, in, in Napa. In, okay. And they have seen asylum. Mm-hmm. So then he's released in 1925. And now it's time for murder. Oh, it's time perfect. for, yep. February 20th, 1926. That is when his ver- he kills his first victim and... I think a little over a year later, he kills his last. So, his first victim, he posed as a tenant, a potential tenant. This mm-hmm. was his common MO. An MO mm-hmm. of pretending to be a tenant? Yeah. So he. Potential tenant. He gets a tour with Clara Newman, who's 60. He sort of has a thing. Her older woman, I guess. He then strangles and rapes her dead body and then hides her body in a vacant apartment. So then March 2nd, so like a week later, he strangles Laura Beale, 63, at her home with silk cord that was so tight it was embedded in her flesh. Wow. Yeah. So, but he didn't rape her body. Oh, okay. So there... I was gonna go through and highlight all the ones he did, but then it was it was just, he didn't um, sexually abuse only like three of his victims oh, out okay. of all twenty two. Okay. So I guess assume that he did. Yeah. So June twenty sixth, he he has like a little gap, I guess. He strangles and rapes sixty three year old Lillian Saint Mary. 
July 10th, 53-year-old Ollie Russell strangled with a cord in a boarding house. But it's 325 miles away in Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. So he, like, goes up and down the West Coast. Got it. Um, August 16th, 52-year-old Mary Nesbitt in Oakland. She's also a landlord, and her husband finds her body in a vacant bathroom. Vacant apartment bathroom. And this is where they get um, the gorilla man, because witnesses see him. They see a smiling stranger lurking outside the apartment and described him as dark, a dark, stocky man with long arms and large hands. Gorilla. Uh-huh. Gorilla man. So, yeah, so they, 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 at least they see a pattern. Because this is like in the 20s, and mm-hmm. they're, at least they're using, they're communicating. True. So even though most of his crimes are taking place, like in San Francisco, the ones that are taking place in like LA and further down. Yeah. Are um, being connected. Mm-hmm. So, um, ni- October 19th, 35 year old landlady withers. Something withers, I don't remember. I can't read it either. So, she's killed, but. For some reason, they think she committed suicide, even though her body was stuffed into a trunk. Yeah, that's not that's suicide. That's not suicide. And her, her son found her. Oof. He's a teenager. That's rough. Mm-hmm. So, um, then October 20th, literally the next day, he, had, he, had, he has three victims all in three days. Um... 59-year-old landlady Virginia Grant murdered, hidden behind a furnace. He often hides the bodies. Mm-hmm. October 21st, Mabel Fluke. She, I don't think, no, she wasn't um, sexually abused. Landlady missing but found strangled in her attic days later. Um, November 18th, 56-year-old Anna Edmonds raped and murdered in San Francisco, and um, friend saw Nelson. Her friend saw Nelson. So oh. uh, originally, I guess she wasn't really um, thought to be a victim up until her friend was like, "I saw her talking to a man in her parlor. I dropped by the house mm-hmm. and I saw him." Um, or else it would have been just. It would have just been like, well. Um, I don't know if she was one of the victims because she was a little bit younger. Mm-hmm. So, no, November 19th, 28, tw- she was 28 years old. A pregnant woman is attacked, but she isn't killed. Ooh. The reason she isn't killed is because she's take, she's guiding this guy through. She thinks nothing wrong with it. She, like, does interviews afterwards. She's like, it was, it was fine. I trusted him. He wasn't acting weird. But now that I look back on it, he kept pointing out details like the ceiling and now that I look back on it he was wanting me to look up so he could get behind me and strangle me Uh and she didn't good so she was attacked in Burlingham California so November 29th Blanche Myers murdered and raped in Portland he actually starts to go up Mm-hmm. Crossing state lines now. Mm-hmm. 
So November 23rd, Florence Monks murdered. So that goes a little bit out of place because they find, um, they're sort of like really close to him because they're like, at this point you can physically track where he's going because he moves to Portland mm-hmm. around that time. So around October he moves up to Portland and then he comes back to visit. Oh. And he has victims correlating with each of the times he comes in and out of California. Yeah. So they're starting to track him. Mm-hmm. Good. So Florence is murdered, but jewelry, but she's not raped. And jewelry is taken from her and gifted to his current landlady. What? So he's renting homes still. So he's mm-hmm. renting homes, and but he's not killing his landladies at that time. I don't know when he how he chooses hmm. them. But he's always always using a pseudonym. Yeah. Regardless. So they don't know what his real name is, but they do know that how he looks like and that he is a renter and a tenant. So this is something that fucking pisses me off because it's bullshit. And the Portland Police Bureau puts out a statement that says do not show your house or rooms for rent while alone. If necessary, call policemen to accompany you. Crimes such as these should be prevented and could have been prevented if women had been more careful. Mm. Fuck you. Could have been. Okay. Mm. Sure. So, at this point, they're like hot on his trail. They're like, we're pretty sure this is all the same guy. We're talking to people in California. Mm -hmm. And then Nelson moves east. Oh, he moves east now. Changing it up. But you can still track him. Well, yes. All along the way. So he starts leaving in late November. Um, in December December 23rd, Almira Berard, 41, is strangled and raped in Council Bluffs, Iowa. Um, they think that she was a suicide victim. Up until they find they do an autopsy yeah. and find that she had been raped. Oh wow! Because she had just been released from um, uh, an institution, mm-hmm. and they're like she's unstable. Mm. So I, I guess I could see that one more than the other ones, but yeah. But still, I'm glad they did an autopsy. That's good. So December twenty seventh, um, he actually is he kills. 23-year-old Bonnie Pace strangled in her Kansas City, in Kansas City, Missouri. And then, again, in Kansas City, that same day, 28-year-old Germania Arpin is murdered and raped. And her 8-month-old son is also strangled to death in his crib. And her husband comes home and finds his wife and son dead. Oh, no. So, April... That'd be horrifying. Yeah. That one sucks. April 27th. I mean, they all suck. They all suck, but that one, fuck. That's like deep, deep depression. Oh, that's like death. Yeah. Yeah. Like, end it all. Kind mm-hmm. of thing. Event. Okay. So, he has a large break in his victims, which makes me suspicious and makes me believe that maybe there are victims that haven't been attributed to him. Probably. Because from December 27th until April 27th, there aren't any more victims attributed to him. Yeah, and there's no way. He's locked up somewhere and it's not 
found anywhere or there are more victims. True. Because there cannot be a break after that. Yeah. He could have been locked up for a little bit for like something petty and then yeah. they didn't realize it was him. So April 20th and then no official is going to come out and be like, well, we have him and then we let him go. Yeah, exactly. They're, no. So April 27th, 53-year-old landlady Mary McConnell is murdered in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. He tries to pawn her jewelry. They say no, but they now have a like a description of him. Um, May twenty seventh, he arrives in Buffalo and rents a room under Charles Harrison. Hmm. Three days later, he kills his landlady and another tenant. Great. Um. Or no, he has killed the landlady and takes her jewelry. I think. Oh. Okay. Another another tenant actually positively identifies him as Earl Nelson. Mm. Okay. So then June 1st, Fannie Mae, a house manager in Detroit, goes missing along with um, her boarder. <laughs> along with her um, boarder, Maureen, and they, their stuff is stolen. But, more importantly, he, she's, Fannie Mae is strangled with a lamp cord. Oh. So, but, Earl did not unplug the lamp before he cut it. Uh Uh-huh. So, it sparked and singed his knife and probably caused a nick in it. Oh, no. So, the police, if they are able to find him... And find he has that knife. They can tie him to that murder. That's good. So. <clears throat> June 3rd. Mary Cecilia. Seitzma. Strangled in Chicago. And then he crosses the border. To Canada. Great. Mm-hmm. Truly. <laughs> so June 8th. 14 year old. Youngest victim. Lola Cohen. Disappears while selling fake flowers in Winnipeg. <laughs> June 10th, Emily Patterson is raped and murdered in her home. She's not a landlady, and she's stuffed under her son's bed. Oh, her stuff. husband finds her body while he's kneeling on that bed praying so that they can find her because she's missing. That's crazy. That's horrifying. Yeah. <clears throat> So, while he was in that house, he actually took a suit, her wedding ring, a Bible, and $70 in cash, and left the knife he used to kill Fannie Mae. Ooh. Or used to kill, in the crime, to kill Fannie Mae. Uh-huh. Um, so, they find the shops he, he sold the items in, at, and they all described him as Nelson. The gorilla man. Mm-hmm. So, the cops searched the boarding house that he had been staying at because they searched all of the boarding houses in the area. And, unfortunately, on June 12th, Cohen's naked and mutilated body is found under his bed. What? So, they described it as Jack the Ripper style Mm -hmm. mutilation. So, and he was, and they found that she had been dead for a while because she'd been, she started bloating. Which means that he was sleeping with her dead body under his bed. That's disgusting. 
Yeah, for real. Like how? Get rid of it at least. Mm-hmm. No dash. No woofing. Um. So, the police in Canada send a description all along the U.S. Um, all over the U.S. because they assume no woofs. They assume he's fleeing back to the U.S. Yeah. Um. And a constable in a border town actually recognizes him and he arrests him, but he starts acting super nice and normal. Oh. So he's like, I think we have the wrong guy, but I'm going to just keep him just in case. And we'll clear it. If you're not guilty of anything, it will get cleared up. Mm-hmm. Well, he escapes. Oh, of course he does. Um, even though uh, this, he was acting super normal, normal after that, he's like, fuck, I think I actually had him. Well, he happens to hop onto a train that has several police officers from Winnipeg <laughs> on it, and they recognize him from the description. Uh-huh. And they rearrest him. Good. So his picture and his prints are sent all over the U.S. at this point. And he is ID'd for all his, for most, I'm going to say most of his crimes, because I don't know if it was all, mm-hmm. but all the crimes listed. Yeah. Um, and he, even though he keeps saying, I don't, um, he kept saying that his name was Virgil Wilson. When they were like, dude, we've ID'd you. Your fingerprints match Earl Nelson. You're Earl Nelson. He was being super chill about it. He was like, oh, yep. And oh, he, right. <laughs> that is who I am. Yep. And then he would told the um, newspaper, he was like, I, I only do my lady killing on Saturday nights. <laughs> okay. Which is, like, not gonna lie, it's a cool thing to say, but also, fuck you. It is, exactly. It's such a fuck you, like, you don't oh. get to say that. You don't get to say that. Um, so, 19- Only in a movie can people yeah. say something like that. You're not in a movie. You're real life, man. You suck. So, November 1st, 1927, about a year and a half after his killing spree started, he stands trial. Um... Over 60 people testify against him, including his ex-wife, saying that he's unstable. Mm -hmm. Um, And on November 5th, only four days later, after 40 minutes of deliberation, he's sentenced to death in Canada. He was only being charged for those two crimes, for the Tom case and... 